And welcome into the first End Moose podcast, the first one of the year. All things NFL, first episode of the year. I'm Patrick McCabe, your host for this year. Uh, and I'm joined by my co-hosts for this year, Zach Anderson and Manny Mardiege. Manny, first, how are you doing? You're also returning co-host on the show. Uh, how are you doing so far this year? I'm doing very well. Um, looking forward to finally getting some football, some official football in tomorrow and looking forward to the, talking over the season with you guys and especially Zach, who's joining us here for the first time on this show. Yeah, definitely. Zach, like Manny just talked about, new member to the show. Uh, you know, what are you what are your feelings about joining the podcast and really just the NFL season in general? Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on the podcast. It's it's going to be a, a great thing to be this season with you guys and to talk about all the all the football we can. I, I've been excited for football to start up, so I'll be happy to talk with you guys, and I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, definitely. Of course. So first off, we'll introduce ourselves just so you guys can understand who we are and where we're from. Uh, first off, I'm Patrick McCabe. Uh, it's my third year doing the podcast. I'm originally from Philadelphia. I'm a sports and adventure media major. It's my junior year. Uh, and then I'm an Eagles fan. I've been a diehard Eagles fan uh, my entire life. I'll go. Um, I'm Manny Maradege. I'm in my third year here at West Virginia. I'm from New Jersey. And uh, this is my, I guess, my second year doing it in completion. I did it a little bit my freshman year, but this is my second official year. And I'm a Steelers fan. A lot of changes, a lot of excitement around that. So looking forward to talking over with that with you guys. We'll get into that later, Zach. Go ahead. Uh, my name is Zach Anderson. I'm I'm from Parkersburg, West Virginia. I'm the only West Virginia native in the podcast. Um, I, uh, I'm a sports and adventure media major with a focus on sports, and I am a Seahawks fan. Uh, they, it's been also a lot of change for the for Seattle this year, so that'll be interesting to talk about with you guys over, over the course of the season. Yeah, we got a lot of changes for all three of our teams, a lot of big expectations for sure. But we'll jump right into it. It's been a very eventful offseason for the NFL, probably one of the more polarizing, you know, in the NFL's history. Uh, obviously, the big storyline, Deshaun Watson, the whole scandal around Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not he should he should have even been allowed to play, uh, you know. What like why the Browns sound him? There's a lot of different you know storylines around him, and you know people from even outside of the NFL and even that aren't interested in sports are chiming in. Uh, Manny, I want to get your take on it. Uh, being in the same uh, division as them, uh, you know, being a Steelers fan, what's your? I guess what was your ex what was your feeling when it first came out about this uh, about the scandal, and then uh, where do you kind of fall now uh, in regards to you know if Watson should be able to play or not? Yeah, I think well for the first part when it first came out, I thought that when every all the investigation was going on and everything, I thought this was going to be a pretty lengthy as most people would would assume so. And then once it came out, it was like four games. I think the first punishment was. Um, I thought that was pretty ridiculous, honestly, because we saw a bunch of other suspensions going on. We don't have to get into them, but stuff with like Ray Rice and then Calvin Ridley's the most recent one. He got a whole season for gambling. And then this guy gets just four games for, for his case uh, in terms of Deshaun Watson. So I thought that was ridiculous. And then once the NFL appealed that decision, I thought, I thought it was going to probably be a whole season just because I fell right along the 
the alignment of um, those kind of cases and how those suspensions go usually. But 12, he will play week 12. So I guess that suspension, that length of his suspension is okay. That probably should be the minimum if you're going to give him any sort of leeway. And in terms of how it affects the Browns and how I view it in the division, the Browns are, there's always something going on with the Browns. If they're not like injured, if there's not one player injured or something like that, there's always off the field issues going on. Someone's not happy with the, with the front office, the coaches are, are being targeted as a problem. And then after all that, it always comes down to the players after, after all that. So it's nothing new really this year. And I'm going to, it's going to be interesting to see how they integrate Deshaun Watson back because he did play in the preseason. He didn't do the best in the clips that a lot of people saw on Instagram and stuff like that, but the preseason is not a big in a uh, big indicator of anything much as we saw last year with Jamar Chase. So that doesn't really mean much to me, but I think playing or missing two thirds of the season is going to be huge. And it's going to be interesting how they're doing up to that point. And if he can just carry on the momentum or if he'll stop that train from, from going on any further. Zach, I want to get your perspective on this as well. Even though you're a Seahawks fan being here in West Virginia, you got, there's a lot of people that are Steelers fans, Browns fans. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of diversity. What's your, what was your take on it originally? Like, you know, like I asked Manny, what was your take originally? And uh, where do you kind of fall now uh, after, you know, the suspension's finally been handed down for 11 games? Uh, originally, I was a little skeptical. Like I questioned the legitimacy of the claims. Uh, first of all, I know that might be a shallow thing to say, but I questioned the legit- legitimacy of the claims at first, but then you read so much into it and it seemed more and more real. And then suspensions were lying down like a Manny said um but and then they the Browns hit every, everyone in the league with a surprise by signing him to that fully guaranteed five-year deal and now it's kind of like they're banking on someone um for the rest of for the next five years but I also got a perspective this is totally different outside of me I got a perspective from a Browns fan I have a friend who's a Browns fan and uh he's like yeah we love Deshaun Watson let's go to Sean Watson I, I thought the the morals are there of uh, supporting someone now that you just signed him even though he's been through all this stuff throughout the offseason I thought that was kind of weird but uh no I think it'll be interesting to see when he comes back and I agree with Manny on a lot of his points especially the one where I think 11 games should be a minimum for someone who did something uh like that and who has been through so much this offseason so I expected more closer to a season for a suspension um kind of like similar to Calvin Ridley, even though his case is much different. Um, I expected a full season, but I think 11 games is a good minimum for Deshaun Watson. Uh, I agree with both of you guys there. I think, you know, when it originally came out, uh, you know, I I wouldn't necessarily say I questioned it, but at the, you know, at the beginning, you're like, all right, you know, let's see what happens with this. Uh, I'm not going to give an opinion like either way. Like, I don't know all the information. And, you know, like Zach said, you know, you start to read more and more into these articles. And then I forget if it was, I think it might've been ESPN or someone uh, that had like a huge expose on it. And you read through all this information and you're shocked at, you know, just, I mean, even outside of football that someone, you know, can do what again is, we don't know if it's hundred percent confirmed, but, I would say it probably happened. Uh, you know, it's hard to imagine that someone can do that even outside of football and whatever. Uh, you know, that questions, you know, the integrity of the NFL. Uh, you know, like you guys talked about, you know, signing him to a fully guaranteed contract after you know 
that he's getting, you know, sued by, I think it was up to like 60 women at one point and then down to the 24 um, that ended up actually uh, filing a lawsuit together. So I, again, I don't, I feel like it, it, ha- it has to hurt the integrity of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we probably all saw that on social media, even people again, outside of, you know, the world of football, other sports, and, you know, just even outside of football, you know, news, whatever, it hurt the the image of the NFL because you're saying, even though 11 games, like I said, I I agree with you guys. I think that is the minimum. Uh, I genuinely thought he should have been, even at the beginning when he was just handed a four-game suspension, I still think it should have been a season-long uh, suspension for him because you don't – because. By them only giving four games at the beginning, you know, it's giving the idea that, you know, these players are just going to get off basically scot-free four games is, you know, to some players, it's, you know, a fair amount of money. But for guys like Deshaun Watson or, you know, anyone like that, he's making a lot of money already, you know, it's not going to hurt them in the long run. Uh, And even, you know, 11 games this year, I think Deshaun Watson's making what, like a million dollars or something like that. It's... I don't want to say it's scummy, but it is kind of scummy what the what the Browns did. Uh, you know, I've heard people say, oh, that's a you know a good financial move. Like, no, it's not a good financial move whatsoever. Like, great, you save, you know, 30 million that you don't have to pay him this year, but you also take on all of that baggage and you know, how and everything else, the wave of negativity that comes with that signing him. So I don't Personally, I still don't understand why they ended up signing him. Uh, the talent is, I don't know if it's still there or not. Again, the preseason, like Manny said, it's not the greatest indicator in the world. Like Jamar Chase had an awful preseason last year and then, you know, quickly erupted into being one of the best wide receivers in the entire NFL. So I don't know if that's a really good indicator, but in my perspective, I really don't know. I mean, it's aggressive, but I don't know if he ever should have been allowed to play in football again. Like the Calvin Ridley, I think we can all agree the Calvin Ridley suspension was a little bit harsh for gambling while he was injured, uh, you know, not with the team whatsoever and dealing with mental and dealing with mental health issues. Uh, you know, that shouldn't warrant an entire year, especially with the NFL partnering with gambling, uh, gambling companies like MGM and Wynn Resort. So in my opinion, yeah, I agree with you guys. I don't, I don't believe that Deshaun Watson uh, should have only gotten eleven games, but I do think uh, that it's the minimum, maybe twelve, uh, just to be even. But yeah, I personally, I think it's wrong what the Browns did, uh, and I don't know how that's going to work out for their opponents this year because they have a massive target on their back for what they did, and you know, players are going to be targeting the Browns and especially Watson, when he comes back, I expect teams to target him because of, because of what he's done. They're not going to, you know, let that go away, but that's probably the biggest storyline of the NFL so far uh, this year. We'll get into the Steelers next. I know Manny, Mm -hmm. you talked about it in your introduction as well. Finally, a new quarterback has arrived, has arose in Pittsburgh, Mitchell Trubisky is your starting quarterback, even draft, even after drafting Kenny Pickett in the first round. Manny, I want to get your full opinion on it. Give me everything you got. Mm-hmm. I want to hear it. You know what? You know when they first signed, you know Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. I want to hear it. Uh, do you believe they picked the right guy to be QB one? All right. If 
we're going to start, I guess, from the beginning, really, when they first got on the team. Mr. Trubisky, I, there was a lot of talk about Mitchell Trubisky or us signing a veteran quarterback. It was either him, Jameis Winston. I didn't think Jameis Winston just because I thought he was going to stay with the Saints and he was their guy just because he got injured. He didn't really get to show what he was about. So I didn't really believe him. And there was other guys. I think Marcus Mariota was a name also, but Mitchell Trubisky was the one that we ultimately ended up with. So I thought that was pretty, I was pretty solid, I guess, because he's still pretty young and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's going to come here and be the next Patrick Mahomes or resurrect his career in one year like Ryan Tannehill did that one year with the Titans where he played out of his mind. I'm not expecting that really, but I thought he was okay to have as a bridge guy. He could get you a couple wins with as bad as he did with the Bears, that Bears team and just everything around them, like the atmosphere around him is all was always so negative. And with all the coaching changes and everything like that, you can't really expect any any quarterback to be successful in that environment. So I'll cut him a bit of slack and have some optimism from that point of view. And then once you get into the draft with more quarterback talks around the Steelers and who are they going to pick? Are they going to go with the homegrown kid, Kenny Pickett, who's been at Pitt like all four years? Or are they going to go with Malik Willis, the guy that like blew everybody away at the combine and everything? To be honest, to be completely honest, I thought and I kind of wanted Malik Willis. Like, honestly, I thought he was going to be the one picked. And then when no quarterback was picked up until 20, I was like, oh, yeah, it's got to be Malik Willis. Like, there's no no chance it isn't because of everything. You saw Mike Tomlin. I don't know if you guys saw the clip of Mike Tomlin, like, smiling when Malik Willis did that, like, amazing throw. Like, I was like, all right, well, everything's written written right there in front of me. Like, it's got to have – it's going to be Malik Willis. And then we went with Kenny Pickett. I I was shocked. I was completely shocked that it was them. But then after that, Malik Willis didn't even get picked until the third or fourth round, something crazy like that. But, again, we saw him in the preseason, both of them. Both of them did pretty pretty well. Malik Willis had some great athletic plays more than Kenny Pickett. But I think Kenny Pickett did solid in in the preseason overall, and I thought – just based on that, I think he earned himself the the number two job for sure. Definitely over Mason Rudolph because uh, Mason Rudolph is – I don't know how he's still on our team, honestly. But um, I think he definitely deserves the number two spot. And it'll be interesting to see when the Steelers kind of pull the trigger on that one because I think Mitchell – I think Mitchell Trubisky is not on a short leash, but it's definitely not one that he could play around with for too long, like, five weeks or something I think if he's do if he's struggling in like two to three weeks I think the Steelers will be especially Mike Tomlin will be very quick to pull the trigger on that one so the Bengals will be a good indicator of where not just Mitchell Trubisky is but this team overall it has a lot of changes especially in the offensive side so going up against the Bengals will be a good indicator of of where this team is really and how prepared they are with uh with the new quarterback coming into town I want to get your perspective on it as well, Zach. Uh, you know, still being a Seahawks fan, you have an impressive knowledge of the NFL. What's your what was your perspective on it as well? Uh, I'll say that I do agree with Manny. I still think that Malik Willis should have been picked by the Steelers, but I'll get in my opinion in a little bit after Zach goes at, after Zach. Um, <clears throat> sorry. 
Um, I, I I do think of Trubisky as as a bridge quarterback, I guess, but I'm not nearly as optimistic as Manny is. Sorry, Manny. Um, being from outside the organization, I'm not nearly as optimistic. And the reason I say this because I wrote down his stats with the Bills a season ago. Uh, he went six for eight, 43 yards, and an interception in one game played with the Bills a year ago. I know he was primarily a backup to Josh Allen, but uh, I I just I'm not nearly as optimistic. I think he can do the job until Pickett's ready. And honestly, during the draft, I also was like, Willis has to go in the first round. He's he, The Steelers need a quarterback. They're probably going to go with Willis here. And they went with Pickett. And I, I kind of connected the dots immediately, like hometown quarterback, played for Pitt four years. They wanted to keep him in town. And I understand that. But I think um, he can be groomed by Trubisky to be the starting quarterback uh, sooner rather than later, I would say. I, I'd, I'd want If I were the Steelers, I'd want to um, just use Trubisky as a, as a plan B uh, to win games for this season, maybe next season until Pickett's ready to lead that offense. So uh, Patrick, as an Eagles fan, what do you think? That's a good perspective. I, I I mean, personally, yeah, I would agree with Manny. I still think that, you know, Malik Willis, I don't know if he necessarily went into the best situation, obviously with Ryan Tannehill in front of him. I think Tannehill will probably be your starter. Um it's tough because both of those teams, you know, Titans and the Steelers are both pretty good teams. I would say the Titans are a little bit more uh, on an upward swing, whereas the Steelers have been, you know, kind of on a more downward swing. Unfortunately, Manny, I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't, I mean, we, I like Kenny Pickett. I liked how he played last year at Pitt. Uh, now, I mean, obviously a lot of other people did in the NFL and, you know, just fans around the league as well, liked how he played. Uh, there are a lot of concerns about him coming into the draft. Uh, you know, hand size is obviously a huge attribute for quarterbacks. And man, he's probably heard it a thousand times, but Kenny Pickett does have some the smallest hands in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of concerns like that, but I mean, that's the same thing they said about Jamar Chase last year, not being able to catch a ball. And again, like I said, became one of the best wide receivers in the league last year. So you know, who knows, I mean, who knows what's going to actually happen in an act in a, you know, in an actual, you know, game come this season. I do agree that Trubisky is probably going to be on a, is going to be on a me, short to medium leash. Again, I wouldn't say he gets the immediate, you know, heave ho and pick it comes in. Uh, but I also don't believe that he's going to have, like Manny said, you know, four or five weeks to figure it out a Steelers team is supposed to compete for an AFC North title. Uh, you know, you have a good chance of winning the AFC North, in my opinion, even though it's a little bit, t- I would say, you know, you got a little bit tougher teams. I think this year with the Bengals, obviously coming off of last year, the Ravens maybe staying healthy this year. We'll see. Um, I'd be really interested to see how the Steelers do, with whoever's at quarterback. I do agree. Mason Rudolph. I don't, I don't really, I'm not a fan of Mason Rudolph, to be honest with you. Uh, I do. I do like Kenny Pickett. I do like Mitchell Trubisky uh, being outside the organization. I do think that Trubisky got screwed going to the bears to start off his career, being in that kind of toxic situation. You know, he's dealing with a lot of coaching turnover, uh, you know, he didn't have the proper amount of weapons or, you know, even an offensive line to protect him. So he got the short end of the stick in that draft and it probably hurt his confidence. I mean, he had the weight of expectations on his shoulders, you know, 
the Bears traded up to get this guy. And we all thought, oh, wow, is he, you know, is he that guy? And, you know, who knows if he is that guy? You know, maybe the maybe the Bears made a mistake in trading up, which wouldn't be the first time the Bears made a massive draft mistake. You know, who really knows? I think the expectations on him have been a little bit overboard. Uh, but also being a number four pick, you're expected to perform right away, if not, you know, within the first eight games of the season. So in my eyes, I think you have to give Trubisky a little bit of slack, but also at the same time, he's been in the league now three, four years. He was with the Bills last year, you know, learned a lot from Josh Allen. So I'm interested to see how this quarterback battle goes uh, for the Steelers, but I have to admit I am rooting a little bit for Mitchell Trubisky here. Even as an Eagles fan, I have to hate the Steelers. Uh, you know, I'd like to. I would like to see what ends up at, what ends up happening uh, with the Steelers this season. But another big storyline that came out this year, uh, also pertaining to the Browns, is their former number one overall pick Baker Mayfield being traded to the Carolina Panthers, where former Jets cast off. Sam Darnold is also another quarterback down there. You know, that's an interesting situation. Again, like you have two guys that were starting quarterbacks and, you know, seemingly had the potential. I mean, Darnold was a top, like top three, top four quarterback recruit coming out of high school, went to USC, had a pretty good career there. Uh, Baker Mayfield as well, bounced, bounced around a little bit at the beginning Texas Tech, and then he went to Oklahoma. And uh, again, we all know how the we all know how Baker Mayfield did at Oklahoma. He he lit it up there. Uh, now coming into the league again, I don't know if Baker again Baker Mayfield being the number one pick, you're going to have all the expectations on him. And for that one season, I think it was 2020 or 2019 when they made the playoffs, they look like a team that could potentially you know this might be a team here. Like they could they can build on this. Uh, and then last year happens and you know what you know what happened like what happened from the previous year was just, just a fluke and you know maybe it was who knows if it was or not but now you don't have you know you don't have Mayfield you have probably the most hated guy in the NFL right now and Deshaun Watson uh, for the Panthers you know Manny again being in that division you saw Baker Mayfield play a lot what's your perspective on it and I'm not entirely sure. Do they end up naming a starting quarterback down there in Carolina? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's Baker Mayfield now officially. I think it's him. And uh, just to give my thoughts on Baker, I think the year they made it to the playoffs, like you said, Patrick, I, they actually beat us at home. So I definitely got a good look at Baker uh, in that game and what their, their ceiling could be, you could say. For sure, I think their ceiling, they played up to their ceiling in that one. And I think it was that same playoffs where they they were in that close game with the Chiefs at uh, at Arrowhead. So that season was definitely their peak. And I do feel, uh, I do have a little bit of sympathy for Baker just because he is the quarterback that they've been looking for like half a decade for to finally bring him to the playoffs. And then once they do, and he, and this season, past, this past season comes by and there's a lot of turmoil with Odell uh, with just the front office and everything, and then this offseason wanted to get traded because they're going after Deshaun Watson. You can feel a little bad for him just because he was their answer. He was their guy to, to finally take him where they wanted to, and then they just they just throw him out really after one, after a couple couple um, mid, mediocre seasons, I guess you could say. He didn't play up to the top-tier level where a number one pick would 
or should play, but he was their guy to kind of get him there. So I kind of thought they were going to stick with him a lot longer than they, but like you said, Pat, it says a lot about the Browns really when um, they have this guy that they draft number one overall, and then they go after Deshaun Watson, even with all those charges against him, they still pay him all that money just for the chance of possibly paying him and knowing that he probably was going to get a suspension his first year, structuring his contract around that says a lot about the Browns and uh, where they are really at this point. But I think, or not, I think I know Baker Mayfield was named the the star down there in Carolina and they will play the Browns week one. And I think it kind of plays into Baker's, Baker's, uh, Baker's favor in Baker's favor here a little bit, just because he will have a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Everybody will be healthy, and there's not really any turmoil there. I think that kind of deteriorated him last season with the Browns and all the drama that he kept having to answer questions for. Just gets old and takes a, a mental toll, especially on a quarterback to have to face those issues uh, in the locker room as well. Gets you definitely think it gets very awkward in there with him and Odell. But I think that first game, I wouldn't be surprised if Baker Mayfield goes for like over 300 yards and like three touchdowns or something, something crazy like that. And he ends up winning. And then after that, that Panthers drop off like they did last year. So um, I think I think he was a deserved winner, though, in that QB competition. I don't know what you guys what you guys think of that. I I agree. I I think I think. system to player wise I think Carolina is like a perfect storm for Baker Mayfield honestly because Matt Rule um former coach at Baylor uh he used to or he still does I should say sorry uh he runs like an RPO it seems like he likes a lot of RPO and a lot of um quick passes I think that kind of suits Baker Mayfield's game a lot and uh, I have to agree with Manny also a little bit too um when it comes from a mental standpoint that it takes a big toll on a player to be dealing with a system like that and to be continue to ask questions about, about um, what's going on inside the locker room and stuff. So I think it's important for him to have a fresh new start and to be um, in a place that kind of fits his play style a little better. I agree with you guys too. I think, you know, Baker Mayfield kind of got, again, like Mitchell Trubisky did in Chicago. I think he kind of got the short end of the stick you know, when you're going to a team that's been bottom of the barrel for you know, the last 20, 25 years, you know, you have all these expectations. Like you guys talked about, he was, you know, their savior, the guy we all thought, you know, was going to bring the Browns back to the promised land, which, you know, they did in 2020. We all thought, you know, all right, hey, maybe this is it for the, you know, they can finally get back. They got some good pieces in, uh, you know, and then last year happens and yeah, he, he basically did get cast off, you know, he, you know, and you're going after Deshaun Watson and, you know, he brings all that baggage with you, you know, why would you stick around for that? Like, you know, I don't, I can find somewhere else that's better and, you know, isn't going to be a toxic environment where, you know, I'm the number one pick and I'm being shoved off for, you know, a guy that is bringing along all this other baggage. So I think, Getting, I think Baker getting out of there, I'm hoping it works out for him because I really like him as a quarterback, you know, on and off the field. Uh, I know some people aren't, you know, particularly fans of his character and, you know, his antics, but I think, you know, those are people that I guess have been fans since the eighties when you got, when you had quarterbacks and really all football players didn't really show any personality. Uh, And now you have guys again, 
you know, like Baker Mayfield, who we all remember him playing against Kansas about four or five years ago. And we all remember, you know, what he did to them in that game as well. So I personally, I want to see him succeed. And I personally think uh, he's going to do well down there in Carolina. Uh, I really want to see him succeed. Uh, Matt Rule is a good coach. Uh, along with being a coach at, at a, I was going to say, as long as – as well as being a coach at Baylor, he was also the coach at Temple. Uh, and that's actually where my high school practiced football. So a little bit of experience with him. Really nice guy, really good coach. So personally, I think, you know, he's going to be, I think he's going to do well down there. I think it's a good system for him. Like Zach talked about, it's kind of fits what Baker Mayfield is as a quarterback. Uh, so I'm, I think I'm excited to see how the Panthers end up doing, uh, you know, come this season. So. I think that's an interesting one as well. And then we'll get to, like Zach talked about, the Seahawks storyline as well. Finally, a new quarterback like the Steelers. You know, Russell Wilson finally departs Seattle for Denver. You know, Zach, I want to get your perspective on it as well. Uh, I take it you've been a Seahawks fan pretty much your entire life as well. Uh, so, you know, what was your perspective, I guess, when they finally, you know, when they traded him, your immediate reaction and, you know, I guess where you are now, now that you have former West Virginia uh, University starting quarterback, Geno Smith, as your starting quarterback. Uh, I've been a Seahawks fan since about 2012, 2013, and it, it definitely hurt to see the news pop on my phone that Russell Wilson was getting traded. However, <laughs> I looked at the article, ESPN article, and I saw that uh, what was what we were getting back, which was picks and and Noah Fant, the tight end, our starting tight end, and and um, a lot of great players back in that trade, as well as Drew Locke. And I th- I'm I'm optimistic. However, with, without uh, Wilson, I'm still optimistic. Um, I think Geno kind of fits. Uh, I think see, Seattle's kind of been a mobile quarterback system recently, especially with Wilson, how mobile he was. And I think he kind of fits that role of um, being what Seattle wants to do, where they can scramble their quarterback, go deep, or um, and run the ball. And I think as a Seahawks fan, rather than focusing on the passing game, I think Seattle needs to run the ball more this season to kind of establish that um, rather than two, I don't know, mediocre quarterbacks kind of fighting to see who can pass the ball down the field better. So um, uh, as a fan, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this season. And I think Gino, Gino is the starting quarterback and he deserves the spot. He earned it um, in the preseason as well. He played pretty well in the preseason. But I think he just personally fits the system. And as we've seen when he played at West Virginia, when he played at other past teams like the Giants and the Jets, he's he's a leader. And he's going to lead the players on the field, and he's going to um, run the offense the way it should be. So I think that's something that the the team can rally behind and and use him as a motivator throughout the season. I'm really excited to see how Geno Smith does this season. Uh, I want to get Manny's take on it as well. You know, can we all go here and we all know the legacy of Geno Smith? What was your take take on it originally? You know, again, like, you know, your immediate reaction to Wilson being traded and, you know, the package that came along with Drew Locke uh, to the Seahawks. Yeah, I think whenever you're you're trading a guy of that magnitude, Russell, Russell Wilson, the top 10 quarterback in this league, you'd want to get the the package they the the Seahawks received back from at least at minimum. And initially when I heard the rumors about um Russell Wilson possibly being unhappy, unsettled there with the uh, stuff was 
with the stuff going on with the front office and possibly some internal issues. I thought uh, when he gave out the list, I think the Saints were on there. I thought he would would have fit in perfectly with the Saints mm-hmm. and they would have been uh, a great contender down there in the NFC South competing with the Bucs and just overall would have been uh, one of the favorites for sure if he went there. But he went to the AFC, stocking up that AFC even more, that AFC West specifically even more uh, with the trade to the Broncos. So, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I think overall with uh, from the Broncos' perspective, I think they, they're immediately pushed into, all right, you have to make the playoffs at least, at minimum, with this sort of trade and the pieces that they have. Uh, they made some other trades as well to add to that defense. And just overall, the team is, their team is a bit more more complete, a bit more balanced, I would say. Uh, with the emergence of Javante Williams, especially, they have a running game with Melvin Gordon too to complement him. I guess you could say um, Jerry Judy coming back after that injury, so I expect him to kind of work his way back slowly. But you have also Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler. I think it's going to be work out well for the Broncos and for Geno Smith. He played the Steelers last year in, in that overtime game, and I, he very he really impressed me in that game, and I think. When you have a quarterback with like Gino and Drew Locke, I think when you're trying to decide who's a starter, character is a big, a big talking point in that. And I think Gino definitely showed that over more with Drew Locke because of just the person that they are and the character, the type of leader, like Zach said that they are. And I think he definitely earned it just from stepping in into that starting role last year when Russell got hurt and playing into the preseason. Now I like where they're where they're headed with Gino. I wouldn't say he's like a temporary guy, a, a bridge guy, just because I don't. I think he's a little bit better than that. But um, it's it's tough in that NFC West with a with the Forty ers the Rams, and the Cardinals, who are a bit up and down right now, uncertain. But uh, I think they'll still compete. They're not gonna they're not gonna be a top five pick, top five team picking in the draft. But I still expect them. I still expect other teams to overlook them and them to be in a lot of a lot of good games this season for sure. Yeah, I think, again, I really am interested to see how the Seahawks end up doing. I think this, we'll talk about it in a little bit. The week one matchup between the Seahawks and Broncos is going to be a fantastic game to watch. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I'll be trying to watch that. I'll unfortunately be calling the women's soccer game at that time as well. So I'll be having two screens going for that. But I think that's going to be a fantastic game. Again, you want to try and see those games uh, you know, those games returning, like you talked about, the Panthers playing the Browns week one, the Broncos playing the Seahawks. You know, those are all revenge matches for those quarterbacks that got, that got traded. So, you know, I would, I would really want to see Geno Smith succeed. Again, bias aside, being a WVU student, uh, you know, he's a good quarterback, and we've seen him do really well. Again, we saw him last year in that overtime game uh, against the Steelers. I think he put, I thought he played pretty well. Uh, but yeah, again, I think he deserves a chance to succeed. Um, but I am interested to see how long of a leash he's going to get again with Drew Locke uh, being the backup, quote unquote, backup. Uh, we'll see if that actually, you know, he ends up getting a longer leash and, you know, is allowed to grow in that role or, you know, he's going to have to be able to perform right away. But again, going along with our teams, talked about it. We've talked about your guys. Uh, issues as well 
for once, my team does not have any issues whatsoever. It's a first time in a long time, but we'll get into our predictions for our teams this year. I'll start it off with the Eagles uh, Super Bowl. They're going to win the now. No shot now. Hey, I do have uh, a question for you, though, Patrick. Uh, okay. Right, you can ahead. start off with to give you a little bit of uh, information. Uh, so what do you think of the A.J. Brown trade? That's the first oh, thing I want to ask you. Okay. A.J. Brown trade, when that originally came out, uh, I mean, I was in complete shock. Complete shock. I mean, you go into that draft with three first-round picks, 15, 16, and 19, you know, I originally, I was like, okay, you know, they're going to get maybe two guys, uh, you know, two really good guys that, you know, you can build off of. And I thought, you know, that, that you know, there's no way they're going to have all three picks. That's just not how Howie Rosen acts as a GM. He's going to trade one of them to trade up or trade down. Uh, you know, I really like Jordan Davis. I really liked him coming out of Georgia last year. And, you know, everyone knows, you know, the lore around him he is a monster of a man and i mean he he is literally the, one of the most athletic big men i've ever seen in my entire life he's like 6'8 350 it it just doesn't make sense that he ran what like a 46 a 4740 at the combine it just doesn't make you know physic it doesn't make any physical sense whatsoever but he's that kind of guy the AJ Brown trade when that came out, I don't know if you guys saw the Jason Kelsey video as well, but I had that exact reaction. Mm -hmm. I saw it come up on my phone and I see AJ Brown rumored to the Eagles. I'm like, no way. There's no <laughs> way this is going to happen. And then you see the ticker come across the screen. AJ Brown has been traded to the Eagles. I was like, no, there's no shot. No way. No way. No way. There's, I can't, I can't even, it, it I mean, you have to love it. How, I mean, I'm still in shock, honestly, that they ended up getting him. Uh, and I think it was, I mean, you're getting a top 10 wide receiver in the league and he's still only 24. So I'm excited to see what AJ Brown this season. I think he's going to do super well with Jalen Hurts. Uh, I really like this Eagles offense. You know, with the AJ Brown trade, you don't expect it coming into the draft. You know, Howie Roseman has that kind of secret weapon up his sleeve that you don't know exactly what's going to happen. And, you know, sometimes it hasn't worked out. Sometimes it has. And I really think that Howie Roseman, this is probably his best off season that he's ever, you know, he's ever had as the Eagles GM, uh, you know, in the draft, obviously, you know, like I talked about you, get AJ Brown, you get Jordan Davis, and then you get a guy in the Kobe Dean who dropped all the way to the third round for quote unquote medical reasons that nobody else was, everyone else was kind of confused as to why, you know, he didn't get drafted until the third round. Uh, and then Dean's starting right away for the Eagles. Uh, I think he's the backup Mike, like Mike linebacker now, excuse me. Uh, but I saw it in preseason. There was nothing wrong with him in practice. There was nothing wrong. There was no issue whatsoever. So I honestly don't know what the issue ended up being with him, but being able to take him in the third round, you know, when he was supposed to be what a top 10, top 15 pick, uh, it could end up being, I still, I believe he will be the steal of the draft. Bias aside as an Eagles fan, he was an incredible talent at Georgia, a little bit undersized at linebacker, but, you know, the skills that he has uh, are just incredible. So I'm excited to see how he ends up playing this year, but 
for the first time in a long time, the linebacker position for the Eagles is a position position of strength. You add in Hassan Reddick from from the Cardinals originally, and that, and then last year with the Panthers, uh, Philly guy from Camden, just over the bridge from Philadelphia, uh, played at Temple, so he played at the Link in college. Uh, you know, I really like him. I think he's going to be a dangerous, uh, dangerous threat in the linebacking core. Uh, and then you know, also coming off of the edge as well. You also get another Philly guy and uh, Kazir White as well, uh, former West Virginia guy as well. Zach knows a little bit more about him uh, being being from West Virginia. So I really like him as well. Again, that's a really underrated move by the Eagles. He was one of the top tacklers in the NFL last year, and he's been consistently a really good linebacker uh, for the Chargers originally. So I really like the pickup. I think it's going to be – Again, it bolsters that linebacking core even more. Uh, and then you don't even have, you know, potentially one of the best linebacking prospects in Nicobe Dean starting because you have TJ Edwards as well uh, starting one of the only uh, few returning linebackers from last year's team. So I really like where the Eagles are headed. Again, you get you bring in A.J. Brown to the offense. Dallas Goddard further solidifies himself his case as a top five tight end, top six tight end. Uh, Devontae Smith has another year under his belt. I truly he's he will I firmly believe by the end of this year he'll be a top 15 wide receiver, in my opinion. I really like him as a as a receiver. I think his route running is is up there as one of the best in the league. Uh, you know, there's a reason he won. There's a reason he won the Heisman. Uh, he is a, you know, he is a good receiver. You know, there's just that's. I mean, there's no, di- there's no discussion whatsoever. You see the tape. You see it last season how he played, and you realize how good of a wide receiver is. Uh, for me, the biggest indicator of how the season goes, and I mean, this is just the you know, it's cliche at this point, is how Jalen Hurts will play. What Jalen Hurts are we going to get? Uh, I I'm all for it. I mean, I'm gonna ride with him as an Eagles fan. I have to ride with who's my with my team no matter what. Uh, I really like Jalen Hurts. I like the way that he carries himself both on the field and off the field. Uh, really good leader in the locker room. Uh, you know, he played well for majority of last year. There were times where yeah, he didn't play that well at all, and you know, he admitted that too. Uh, which I you know I respect as a as a you know, I can respect that as a media member. So I'm really excited to see how this Eagles team does. They brought in a lot of pieces, uh, new pieces to fill previous gaps. Uh, you also bring in some more depth pieces as well in the draft and free agency. So I'm really excited to see where this team goes this year. I think they'll win the NFC East. The NFC East is probably going to be one of the weaker uh, divisions in football this season, in my opinion. Uh so I think that they'll I think they're a dark horse at making a super super bowl run in my opinion. Uh what are your guys uh predictions for that and then we'll get into the Steelers and the Seahawks after that. I could go uh for this one. Um I don't know. I mean I I have the same sentiment as you for most of the the points you made really. Um the NFC East again is really the minimum at this point for this team. Just because of the the pieces, the Cowboys really lost uh, Amari Cooper. Um, not the name's not coming to me. Their edge rusher, uh, Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory. There it is. He went to the the Broncos, 
Uh, I think that's also going to be a big missing piece for them. And I think I don't, I'm not the biggest believer in Trayvon Diggs, really. Like a lot of people have him as one of the top players, but I think this year he's, uh, he's really just going to be brought back to earth. And I think, I think a lot of people are going to be brought back to earth on how good he really is this year. It Once he's not getting like 12 or 14 picks this year, I think a lot of people really see how good he is after letting up, I think, the most yards for a corner last year. Um, so that's really the competition they have just within their division. And in the NFC as a whole, there's not really a lot of top, like unquestionable teams you could really put above them other than I guess the Rams and really the Bucks up to this point, really. I think those two teams are the top two teams right now in the NFC. And then other than that, I think it's really just not a toss up completely because you still have the Saints in there. Um I'm not really a huge fan of the Packers that much this year. I know they have Aaron Rodgers come off of two back to back MVPs, but when you lose a guy like Devontae Adams I know the quarterback is a big precedent on how the receivers do and how well they look, but it also works hand in hand and how the good the quarterback is with how good the receiver is. So I think that's going to bring them down a toll. And then after that, you just have some, some weird teams you're not really sure of, the 49ers and how good they're going to be with Trey Lance. With Jimmy Garoppolo still there, I think that's going to be a little bit awkward still there with both of them. Um, so I think it's really a toss-up, but I think the Eagles have really positioned themselves well to to have all that attention on them now because of the smart moves that they made, the good moves that they made. I think, like you said, it all really depends on Jalen Jalen Hurts and how well he plays because there's now now there's not really any excuse for him. He's got really virtually everything he needs um, under under his belt to be successful there in on the Eagles and to have a really long season to drag on onto the playoffs into late January. I think they, I think they could have a chance and possibly, possibly shock some people. But the, the only question I have really before I pass it off to Zach is like, now that they have all that attention and all that pressure, I guess you could say how well they're going to respond to that and see how well they, uh, they react to a lot of people having those expectations on them that last year they weren't really there, but this year now they're expected to win all these games. So just to see how they work with that, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with Manny on all those things. I'm, I'm, for once, I can say I'm actually on the Eagles train kind of this season. I, I, I usually, I usually feel like uh, the Eagles um, ha- have the weapons there. It's just they couldn't get the execution together. And now I feel like everything's there and the execution can be there. And I think leading to that could be um, a chance at an NFC championship. Um, that, that, that's, I think Patrick, you can agree that that would be a uh, a goal to set for the Eagles this year. But I I wanted to specifically say something about the Seahawks. Um, Patrick, you mentioned a lot of defense um, when you're talking about the Eagles, and uh, it made me think there's not a lot to be optimistic about with the Seahawks defense. Um, but there's two players I wanted to mention: Jamal Adams and Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen is a new corner from UTSA. I know it's not a very popular name. Um, he he was he was a fifth or sixth round pick. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm that's passing my mind, but um, out of UTSA and he ran a four, two, eight 40 in the combine. So they're expecting him to make a big play at slot corner and have a lot of speed there. So I think he'll be a big playmaker this year for Seattle. And then um, Jamal Adams, of course, uh, there's all the memes about him being a, a can't cover and all this stuff, but he he's shown flashes in games. He just needs to have a little bit better IQ and better situational awareness and on the field. So 
Um, for Seattle specifically, though, as a team, I think they have the playmakers on offense to to get it done with Geno. And uh, I guess we can kind of lead this into your guys' predictions for your teams. But I predicted a 6-11 and record for Seattle this year. That's one loss more than last year just because losing Wilson at quarterback. I feel like they're going to lose – they might lose some more tight games if Geno can't come up clutch at the end of the games. Um, and I think they'll probably pick somewhere in the top 10 or 5, I guess, in the draft if I had to guess. Um, uh, like Manny said way earlier, uh, I, I, they're not going to get number one, like people are saying. I'm, I've been seeing 3-14 and 14 record predictions. I've been seeing – whatever else, but um, I think 6-11 is more realistic, Mark, and um, Metcalf will break out this year, and I think Lockett, that combo of Lockett and Metcalf that's been going on the last couple of seasons, they're they're poised to make a make a big splash this year, so. All right, predictions for me. You talked about it, Zach, 6-11 for you. I don't want to be overly optimistic and then we get to the end of the season and it, you know, it bites me in the end. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 12 and five. I think 12 and five is a good number for this Eagles team. There's a good chance they could go six and zero going into their bye week. You know, you start with the lions, then the Vikings and the commanders. I think those are all three games. You're probably going to be expected to win the Jaguars, then the Cardinals is an interesting one. Uh, and then the Cowboys is going to be a great one on Sunday night football. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. But there's there's a good chance they go into, you know, they go into the bye week at six and zero. Uh, Twelve and five, I think, is a good number for them. They're not going to be absolutely perfect. Uh, you know, there's some questions at safety still that you know I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it uh even with chauncey gardner johnson which is i mean i i don't know if you guys saw the videos of him but he exemplifies philadelphia to a t of just being uh what's a proper word for it? just a proper you know what i, I really i like him i like his personality hard yeah hard nosed guy yeah we'll go with that one yeah um i really like him but yeah, I'll go 12 and 5. I'll say at least an NFC championship. Uh I'll go at least an NFC East championship. Uh I will say that I'm going to say they're expected to win the NFC championship as well, if not at least make it to it because they have the talent and the coaching to do so. Manny, what's your prediction for the Steelers this season? I'm interested to see what you have to say. I don't know. It's weird because I'm I forgot that last year we were nine, seven, and, and one. And we tied one game with the Lions. Uh, if you guys remember that that nail biter there in the middle of the season. Uh I think Mason Rudolph started that game. So that's probably why we were in such a close game. But um I don't know. It's it's tough. There's this year's schedule, I'm looking at it now for the Steelers. We have a, a lot of tough teams in there. Uh just within our division. We play the Bills, the Bucks. We play the Eagles this year too. That'll that's uh like end of October there. Saints, Colts. We have some easy ones against the Falcons, Raiders as well. I don't know. I think I think we could be seeing a similar record here for the Steelers. As much as I want to say we'll sneak into the playoffs this year, I realistically looking at it now with the way the AFC East is built, or the, the AFC in general, um, excuse me, is built with everybody getting significantly better and us getting. We're, we're definitely better, but not, I think, to the magnitude of, of the other teams, for sure. I think 
I don't know, maybe like 10 and seven, probably around there, 11, 11 and six, no more, no better than 11 and six. No way we're going 12 and five, probably like 10 and seven, I would say. Um, for this team that's still teetering really on offense, you don't know what you're going to get. And the defense um, is pretty solid other than the secondary and the cornerbacks. So I think that could bite us in some games, not having that number one guy at corner and our offense being on and off. So I think it's going to be like a similar record. Uh, 10 and seven, I think uh, would be, would be a safe pick for the Steelers this year. I think those are all good predictions as well. I think for that Steelers game, it's one o'clock on, I think the day before Halloween as well. So that'll be a game that we'll both be looking forward to as well, but we'll wrap it up with a couple of key games in week one. We'll start it off with the big one of the week, bills Rams tomorrow night, first game, actual game uh, of this uh, NFL season, Thursday night football, both of these teams, I expect I I'll say right now, I think this Bills team is probably going to be your Super Bowl winner. Uh we'll probably get into that next week. We'll start with our predictions and you know, our early season predictions. But I do believe the Bills have all the talent on offense and defense to make that kind of run. Uh I want to see how this Rams team does after you know, how well they did last year, ended up winning the Super Bowl as well. Will Stafford regress? There's a lot of questions, you know, around that team, especially now that you don't have Odell as well. Even though he didn't have that much of a contribution, you still had to deal with him on the field. Uh, for me personally, I think it's a Bills win. Uh, I think Josh Allen is going to be, you know, it's split basically for, it's actually in favor of the Rams right now by 0.3. Uh, I still think the I, I'm going to take the Bills in this one. I think that they're I think they're the more complete team on offense and defense. Uh, ultimately, I think they'll take this one. I'm going to say 28-21 is going to be tomorrow night's score. Uh, Manny, what's your pick for tomorrow night? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's I have to go with the Rams. They they just won the Super Bowl. And you know it's weird when you're when you're looking at the Rams. Von Miller will now be on the other side come tomorrow night on the Bills facing against his former team, and they don't have Odell Beckham now. And they do have Allen Robinson. Uh, I will give some love to him now because I think he's definitely got himself out of a very toxic situation, like you mentioned, in the Bears. Now to come to the Rams, I think he'll be a guy that a lot of people aren't really talking about to help this Rams team out. And I just think they're playing at home. They have everything in their favor, per se, at home, coming off a Super Bowl welcoming the Bills there in week one. I think the Rams just, I think, have that more familiarity in the big games, especially at their at their home stadium. And I think I'm gonna go with a with a twenty with a twenty to seventeen uh Rams win for, for tomorrow. All right, Zach, go to, ahead. Sorry, sorry. I'm yeah. gonna have to agree more with Patrick here. Um I I, I think it's gonna be a Bills win just because they're more a complete team on both sides of the ball defensively. Like you said, they added Von Miller Manny. But um I, I still believe this this could be a Super Bowl preview game. I I really think that this could be a, a matchup that we could see um in, in February and at the Super Bowl. And um the Bills, the Bill I I got the Bills tomorrow. I think they are more complete. Josh Allen, I think. Uh, he just ha he's has that X factor. I think Josh Allen, he, he's the best quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion. Maybe not arm talent wise, but definitely an overall aspect. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. 
And I got the Bills tomorrow night. Um, I'm going to say – I'm going to make it a close one. Low, I think it's going to be low scoring because both of these defenses are elite. Uh, I'm going to say 21 to 17 final score. All right. I like those. I like that prediction as well. We'll start it off with our team's predictions. Uh, for me, the Eagles, the first game on Sunday uh, at one o'clock, Eagles favored by four in this game. Uh, you're playing against the Lions and, you know, it'll be a homecoming for Lions running back DeAndre Swift. Uh, went to actually my high school as well. I'll, I'll shout them, shout him out. Manny remembers it a lot, but I do shout out DeAndre Swift a lot. Uh, he was a senior my freshman year of high school, and you know, I saw it my high school year, my only year with him. And you know, I saw the talent, we saw it at Georgia, and now we've seen it in the NFL, and we just saw it on hard knocks as well. He's a really good talent. Uh, but I think this, I think that this Eagles team is just too overpowered. Uh, for the Lions. I think the Lions are going to give a good effort, but I, ultimately I think the Eagles will take this one. Uh, I'm going to go with a bit of a blowout here, 35 to 10, in my wow. opinion. It's a big one. I think the, I think the Eagles offense is going to explode, uh, and I think you might see a pick six as well. Put Throw that in there as well. Manny, what's your uh, prediction for your Steelers? They got an interesting matchup against the Bengals, the Super Bowl losers last year, but they may they may make a run this year again. I'd like to see that. Yeah, it's weird with the Bengals too. It's, I mean, I think I know they got better on the offensive line. I don't know the specific names or, or what they did add specifically there, but I know they got better there. They lost some defensive guys, but it's do I go with with the Steelers upset in Week One like last year? Nobody thought they were, were going to beat the Bills. In Buffalo last year, week one, and we did. Can we do it again? You know, I'm going to say we will. We're going to win tomorrow. We're going to shock everybody. And, and Mitch, Mitchell Trubis, he's going to have his only good game. And then he's going to just drop the ball week two. But tomorrow he's going to shock everybody, beat Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. I'm going to go with the score of – it's definitely going to be low scoring. It's We're probably going to – I'm going to say 17 to 17 to 14. The Steelers will win tomorrow. All right, and then before we get to you, Zach, with your Monday night game, I got two games that I'm particularly looking at. Browns-Panthers. We talked about it. We talked about this as a revenge match for Baker Mayfield playing against his former team in the Browns. Personally, I agree with Manny. I think Baker Mayfield will rip that Browns defense to shreds. I think he's going to show what the Browns are missing, and he – I mean, he's going to, I I firmly believe that they messed up in letting him go, even though, you know, he may not have lived up to your expectations. I think you can't get let go of a guy like that and a talent like that. Uh, so I think, I think the Panthers do take this one in pretty dramatic fashion. Uh, I'm going to go 28, 10 in this one, a little bit less scoring here. Uh, I also want to see how Christian McCaffrey does. I don't, I'm interested to see how McCaffrey does. We got our fantasy draft in just under an hour, but I'm not. Ta- I'm not going. I'm not taking that chance on McCaffrey again. I took him first overall last year and completely ruined my season. So, what are your predictions, Manny? I don't. Do you want the Browns to win in this one, or do you want? Do you want to see the Panthers firmly? Do you want to see the Panthers win in this one, or do you think the Browns pull one out? 
No, I just think the Browns every year they're just constantly probably the most overrated team in the league. Honestly, like if I'm being honest, just because I don't think they're that good on offense. I know they added added Amari Cooper. That'll I get, that'll definitely improve them on offense. And Nick Chubb there, Kareem Hunt. I think he requested a trade, so that'll be interesting to see how he works with them. But I don't know. I do agree with you. I think the Panthers will take this one. Um, they just have more motivation to really take it. I think uh, with just in terms of Baker Mayfield, uh, proving everybody, proving that that is wrong around the Panthers. Matt Matt Rule will want to shut all his haters up for sure. So I'm thinking the Panthers will take this one probably the same around the same scoreline. I'm going to go 25, 25 to 14, just because I'm not sure who the Browns starter is at this point. So I think it's going to be a pretty decent win. I think it's Jacoby Brissett. Zach, what's okay. your, uh, yeah, I don't know how that one's going to go. We'll see, but I think the Panthers will take that one. Zach, what's your prediction for the Browns Panthers game. Do you think it's gonna be a Panthers win? Are we going all three here? I I'm gonna take the Panthers win sweep. I don't think it's gonna be as lopsided as you guys are saying. Um, I do think that the Panthers this season, at least the start of the season, I should say, has the whole package with them, including Christian McCaffrey, and they have a capable quarterback who's looking to prove something and a good offensive scheme and receivers. And I think uh it won't be as lopsided. I'm going, I'm gonna go 20 to 7 for the score, a little low scoring. But um, I don't think it'll be as lopsided as you guys are predicting. All right. So we'll go all three in favor of the Panthers. Hopefully that doesn't backfire on us. <laughs> the other game that I'm looking at before Monday night's game is going to be that Raiders-Chargers matchup. First game for Devontae Adams, back with his former college quarterback and Derek Carr. The Chargers, I think, could be a sleeper team out of the AFC. I think they've got a lot of talent, and I think this maybe, maybe, we'll we'll see. Again, this is the beginning of the season, so you know how the Chargers play at the end of the season. Uh, I really like this Chargers team. I love Justin Herbert. I think that he's quickly becoming one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and he makes some truly insane out-of-mind plays. Uh, for me personally, I really like – the Chargers in this one. I still think, you know, the Raiders are reeling from what happened last year uh, with John Gruden and Damon Arnett and, you know, Henry Ruggs as well. So you're still dealing with all of that. Uh, I'm really interested. I really want to see, I think the Chargers will take this one. Again, you bring back Mike Williams. Uh, you have Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler is another year under his belt. Justin Herbert gets another year under his belt. Uh, you further build out that offensive line as well, adding Zion Johnson from Boston College, uh, which is something that the Chargers have kind of struggled with in past years with their offensive line. Uh, but I, I'm really excited to see how this Chargers team does. I'm going to take them in this one, uh, 425 game, probably the best game uh, on best 425 game on Sunday, to be exact. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers. I'm going to say, I'm going to go 2110. So a little bit low scoring as well. Uh, but I think both of these teams are going to be shaking off a little bit of rust. Uh, yeah, I think I'll take Chargers 2110 in this one. I'll go with the I'll also go with the Chargers. I think just the way the matchup against the Raiders defense. I don't think the Raiders defense improved that much. I know they got Chandler Jones there, but I think that secondary is still a bit a bit suspect for me, especially going up against Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and all the offensive Austin Eckler too, going up against all the offensive power that the Chargers have. I'm gonna go 
I'll go 24 to 21 in a in a good one there at the 425 slot. I think the Chargers take a take a close one there in that division divisional matchup. You guys kind of said everything I wanted to say about the offense, and I think that's going to be the key point of the, of the Chargers Raiders game. But I have the Chargers, so we're going Chargers sweep here. I, I have thirty five, thirty one Chargers, I like but it. I think the offense is just going to be too much against the weak Raiders defense. Like you said, they added Chandler Jones, but I don't think it'll make too much of an impact uh, when we match up DBs and receivers there. But uh, there was something else I was going to say. Sorry. Oh yeah, um, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, Derek Carr connection will be dangerous. That's why I have the 31 points for the Raiders, but I think the Chargers will come out with it. Patrick, you're muted. Probably a really important game for the Seahawks and the Broncos. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good one. I think, I think again, we talked about it earlier in the podcast as well. Uh, But I think, Russell Wilson coming back to play the Seahawks, you know, Drew Locke as well, uh, even though he won't be, you know, starting as well. You ha- also have no fan for the Seahawks. This is going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, I don't know if I can go in either direction because both of these teams, you know, the Broncos have a lot of great young weapons on their offense. Uh, we talked about a KJ Hamler, uh, forget who the running back now is for the Broncos as well. They kind of rotate Monty every – Exactly. Yeah. What I was gonna say, yeah, the running back from North Carolina. That's right. Uh, you know, you also have Wilson. You know, Wilson has been an interesting guy in you know Broncos uniform so far. Obviously, everyone knows the meme of Broncos country. Let's ride, and quickly <laughs> becoming a meme that even you know West Virginia quarterback JT Daniels had to get on as well. It's a tough one. But I think I'm going to have to ride with the Broncos in this one. I think they're just a little bit more talented on offense. Uh, and they at least have a bit of a running game, whereas the Seahawks have struggled without a running game since probably Marshawn Lynch, in my opinion. So I'm going to take the Broncos in this one. It's going to be a close one, though. I'm going to go 24-21. I'm going to go with the home team here. Home team Seahawks will win this one. Because they play a lot better at home, for sure. The Seahawks definitely play a lot better at home. And I think there's I, all the pressure is really on the Broncos, really. I think there's no pressure on the Seahawks. No one's expecting them to come out here and like be a threat really this season. So I think they'll shock everybody, shock their former former quarterback in this one, taking in a very close. I'm going to say game-winning field goal. They'll take it 23-20 in this one. The Seahawks will win, you know. Smith will play out of his mind and get him the first win there and uh, in Seattle against the Broncos. You made some good points there, but I'm going to have to pick <laughs> against my boys. I'm going to have to pick Denver here. I I, I trust – I've watched Wilson for years, Russell Wilson, and, I, and I, trust, I trust him to lead that offense. He's a very young offense, but they have a lot of talent there. Um, I, I really hate to pick against my boys at home, but I'm going to have to go uh, Denver 28-10 to 10 here. I think – the, the defense, the Seattle defense is going to be an issue this season. And that Seattle defense is something that is going to hurt them on Monday night. So, All right. So those are our picks for the opening weekend of games. I want to say thank you guys again for coming on. It's going to be a fun season. I'm excited to see how the season turns out for all of our teams. 
uh, and for the rest of the NFL as well. This is the first episode of First and Moose presented by U92 The Moose. I'm Patrick McCabe signing off for Zach Anderson and Manny Mardiegi. We'll be back next Monday to recap this weekend's games and preview week two of the NFL.